Hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. I am Chris DeSantis and I am joined one more, not the final time, Trevor, because you're going to be on more podcasts, but the final time maybe for this series where we talk about how we train. Trevor Gray, how are you, Trevor? I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing well. Now, right, right off the top. Yeah, do you do you want to apologize for your absolutely rude behavior on last week's podcast? I do not want to apologize. <laughs> what did everybody I do? I don't. Listen, know. I don't <laughs> everybody who's listening knows what I'm talking about, Trevor, and I don't want to repeat it here to inflict further pain upon them. But you know, you. like if they if they want to find it out, they should go back and listen to last week's podcast, and you will be outraged by what you hear. And just know that Trevor is not sorry. For well, negative publicity is good publicity, right? That's the that's the way. That's the way. Um, uh, so, <clears throat> on to the seriousness. We we decided this last one of this series would be a bit of a grab all. We had stuff that just didn't quite fit into our other big themes um, that we still wanted to discuss. And um, I'm going to lead us off. And then I know you've got something you want to discuss as well. And I've got a couple more topics, but we just have stuff that's, you know, doesn't fit so neatly into a category. But it, I think that it's really important as you're discussing training and what you're going to do and how you're going to um, set things up. And the thing I want to address right off the bat that, that I've hinted at at certain uh, junctures of this, but I think is relevant to a lot of people who, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast for people who are middle-aged. Maybe you've got young kids at home. Um, I'm a, I'm a father to a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, both my wife and I work. Um, and that definitely presents its own challenge in terms of, uh, training. And it has, it has greatly challenged me at other junctures. I feel like I'm in a good place right now. So one of the things I want to do is talk about how I got to a good place and some of the considerations I take into, um, because, you know, hopefully maybe I can help somebody who's having a hard time with that, uh, right now. And you can get to the place where get to a good place faster than I did because, um, you know, there were, there was definitely some trial and error. The, the number one caveat I would give about kids, this is sort of a, a rule of thumb and maybe other people have figured out a smarter way than me, but I think basically until um, one of your children is three years old, it can be very hard just to, to develop any consistency with any program. So I, I think you know, and that's just because of the nature of having a kid at that age. Like there are a lot of interruptions. There's a lot of moments when you have to deviate from your daily routine because who knows what? I mean, like uh, people who have a kid under the age of three just know that shit comes up and you have to like sort of rearrange everything. So I think everybody should just take it easy on themselves if you've got a kid under the age of three don't be so hard on yourself and actually go back to some advice that Trevor gave on this podcast about having, you know, kind of a minimum effective workout. It's so much when you're in that space where you're just really, really challenged to be consistent, having something that you keep moving, you know, and that you can do like at the drop of a hat and anywhere, anytime, like that is the stuff you need at that juncture of your life. Um, because 
if you construct this grand plan, oh, I'm going to do this on Monday, I'm going to do this on Tuesday, you know, Thursday, I got to drive 20 minutes, like, forget it. I just think for a lot of people, like, that's not the time of your life that's going to happen. So have a plan. Don't be too hard on yourself um, for pulling back and realize that if you're keeping anything going, um, it's it's the, the, the way you want to visualize it is not that you're not doing the thing that you want to do, but give yourself credit for doing something because it's this extremely challenging um, situation. Go well, ahead. really quick, that's why the minimum daily workout, I didn't mention this, but the minimum daily workout also can make you feel accomplished when you do miss something and you're like, oh, right. I forgot, I, could, I can't, can't do this today or I forgot to do this today. You know what? I can still get this five-minute workout in, I think, right before bed even, which is fine. And yeah. when I do that, I, I still feel pretty accomplished. I'm like, okay, I got something done. So that's another benefit of the, of the minimum daily workout is you still feel a sense of, I still got something in today, which feels good. Yeah. 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 I think moving forward from that point, one of the corners that um, really made a big difference for me is, you know, um, if you're raising kids, you got a spouse, um, you got, you got a lot of responsibility because they're at a young age and they can't be like, they can't be left alone, right. Without like some kind of, um, adult supervision. And that definitely causes, uh, logistical issues. I would say fight as hard as you can to get your spouse time to do the things that they want to do. And then also take the time for things that you want to do. There's actually very, very few situations where it needs to be all hands on deck, where it needs to be both of you um, doing something, right? Or both of you. And, and, and like, if I have a look back on my life with kids, there's a lot of time where the two of us were just kind of like stressed because we weren't doing something that we wanted to do, but we were both like, in the same place, essentially like watching kids play with toys. So like we, we could have with a little bit of organization, a little bit of communication, a little bit of um, logistics, had one of us doing something that we wanted to do and, and living our lives. And um, I think that uh, I would go, um, I would go at it in this proactive way and sort of advocating for your spouse because um you know, one of the big barriers that people have to doing this, quite honestly, is just guilt, you know, that they, they feel guilty about doing this thing for themselves. So that shame overwhelms the kind of shame of not doing like not working out or not that that's a stronger force for them. And I would say the the solution to that is not to triple down on shame. Right. And like either make yourself feel bad or make somebody else feel bad that they're not doing what they want, but actually to like introduce something positive and proactive, you know, communicate with your spouse and just say like, Hey, I, I really want you to have time to do things. How can we plan so that, um, you can do those things. And, um, if you have a, if you have a good relationship, that's going to come right back to you. Um, I can say, you know, my wife is uh, somebody who I reference on this. She's uh, she's yoga. She runs. She competes in running, and she's only grown in that. In fact, she didn't start competing in running until um, after 
my daughter was born. So she, she, all that like competitive running career is post kids. And, um, I have done my utmost to support it. Um, not only cause I know it's good for her, but it's also, um, good for me. And I would say the way I deal with some of that shame or that guilt about like doing something is I have, I had to actually get to a point where I admitted to myself that it was, it's best for everybody, not just best for me, but it's best for my spouse. It's best for my kids that I prioritize my own health. Like it's, 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 I'm not doing anybody any favors by foregoing all these things that will help me to be, um, be at my best, you know, and like constructing some kind of like martyrdom for myself, like, oh, like I have this cross to bear, you know, and I, I, I can't work out because I have kids and these kids need me. Like that's not, it's not even good for them to have that kind of attitude. So I got a, I got a question for you, but let's put some background in. You probably know the research is pretty clear that if you start any endeavor with your spouse or friend, the adherence or rate of completion is much higher than if you try something on your own. I mean, this is why we have swim teams. You can't, you can't swim by yourself. It's just too hard. All, everything is too hard without people doing it with you. So let's say your spouse doesn't, is not receptive to your request of, Hey spouse, let's uh, start working out a little bit. And you got a three-year-old, right. right? Right. How would you approach the next time to see if you can convince them to like let's let's start doing this, let's start eating better, let's start exercising? When the first round you ask them, they're like, nope, nope, I, there's no time, we can't do this. H- how would you deal with that? I'm putting you on the spot. I could say how I did deal with it. I mean, I um, I always advocated for myself. Um, at the same time, in a way that was uh, uh, pretty purposely designed not to make uh, my wife feel bad. Um, so I would just right. say like, hey, I really want to do this. I think this will be really good for me. Like, I think this will be good for my um, mental health. I think this will be good for my physical health. And um, if if you have something that you want to do, like, I, I don't, I don't want to be selfish and just be the only one that gets to do something for themselves. It doesn't even have to be working out, right? You can be anything you want. I will support you in that. And I think if you go into it with the attitude, like this is the right thing to do, then you don't have to like, <laughs> you don't have to do anything manipulative or mean um, and you can just carry that energy into it. Um, and I, I, I will acknowledge the piece of this. And I think it's a good question you ask because my experience, and I think my wife were on the podcast, she would say this. It's a lot harder for women to overcome um, mothers, specifically to overcome that guilt of yeah, right. doing something yep. for yourself. Exactly. Right? I think dads have an easier time with it. Um, so it's it, it probably is going to take a lot of consistency of that message. And I think the message you want to have consistently is, Hey, this would be good for everybody if, if we did this and an encouraging one. Um, and even something that I adapted recently was, um, you know, I, I used to, uh, if she said like, Hey, um, can I, can I go for a run 
tomorrow, I, I sometimes would sort of sarcastically reply back, like, when, you know, when do I not, you know, when do I not say yes to that? Like, why are you still asking me, you know, et cetera. Et cetera oh, et cetera. yeah, right. Yeah. And like subconsciously, I didn't even realize, but I was sort of shaming her just for being like considerate and being like, hey, can we, yeah, you know, she, communicate? Yep. So I just changed it. And now every time she asks me, I go like, yeah, like I just like have the most enthusiastic response. I'm like, yeah, you should get out there. That's awesome. Like, so um, just little changes like that. As much as you can do to uh, draw shame out of the equation, I think you're going to, you're going to see the improvement you want. Not only draw shame, but positively reinforce these behaviors that you know are good for each other. Yeah. 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 I mean, we do that as uh, coaches. Why don't we do that with our spouse? Like, Hey, nice job on the technique change. Nice job on the time. We can do the same with our, with our spouse. Hey, what was your time on the run today? Oh, it wasn't very good, but you got out there, you know, there's some sort of positive reinforcement. Not that we have to may, coach our spouse. Right. You may have to deal with, um, some form of, uh, if you're a coach and your spouse knows you're a coach be her being like, stop coaching coach me. me. <laughs> <laughs> back off. Um, yeah. We still joke about the one time I tried to coach her in swimming. And she said, the only piece of feedback I t had gave her was to put her head down. <laughs> Just staring straight forward, Trevor. Like, come on. Yeah, 101. Yeah. You can't, you can't have your eye line at the water. You're going to sink your whole body. So um, I think that's, that's enough on, on that point. Um, what do you got, Trevor? What's what, what do you want to bring to this odds and ends? Well, I got a couple things. One, be patient. And two, the cumulative aspect of all this. Okay, so mm. Tour de France is going on right now. Yeah, and my man's in the lead. Denmark, Jakob uh, yeah, Vingegaard. Vinge okay, how do you pronounce his last name? Because Vinge I'm watching. Vingegaard. Vingegaard. I am not saying it like that. So people are saying Vingegaard or Vingago. Can I say Vingago? Is that close enough? Vingago is the closest I hear from Americans. So I think that's, that's what you can do. All right. So in case it's, uh, viewers aren't aware, Vingago has a 10 second lead over Tade Pagacha uh, yep. from Czech Republic. And the time trial actually is already done. I can't wait to see uh, how it went. I haven't looked yet. And uh, we'll see if uh, Pagacha made up some time on on Vingago at all. So it's really, so Pagacha won what, two years in a row. And then, um, uh, Vingago uh, won last year. Yeah. He won last year. So these two are battling it out. And it's pretty awesome. Okay. Let's say you have a 1990s or early two thousands bicycle, 20 year old bicycle, and you have a 20 year old body. You're in your forties. Uh, that has kind of deteriorated a little bit, which happens with aging. And you, Purchase a new bike seat, a carbon fiber, lighter bike seat for your bike. Yeah. That's not going to do anything to your bike, to your overall performance. That's not going to do anything. Okay. So you get a new bike seat, you get a new fork. Maybe you even really upgrade and get a new drivetrain, the chain and, right. the, and, the, and the pedals and the crank. And now we're starting to make progress. So the analogy is if you start eating better, great. It probably won't do much. Right. If you start exercising, great. It'll do a little bit. But if you start reducing your stress, eating better, exercising more regularly, then we're making some progress. And then the caveat to all that is you have to be patient. I teach in my class that 
Different cells are replaced at different rates. For example, your digestive tract, uh, you replace your small intestine every two to three days, maybe four days, because it's wow. so important that you absorb the nutrients that these cells have to be in tip-top shape to absorb these nutrients. And muscle cells turn over every six months or so. So it takes about six months to replace um, your muscle cells. All in all, about 98% of you is replaced every year. Wow. And so if you train for six months with this new bike and new drivetrain, you will see a little bit of improvement. But really, you have to wait for two to three muscle cell turnovers to really see an improvement. You have to be right. ultra patient with your body when you make these changes. Do not expect any overnight change. In fact, you should expect some improvement and then some decline, improvement and decline, improvement and decline. So the, the amount of patience anyone has to display is incredible. So be very patient and try and make these small changes over time that are cumulative. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're speaking directly to me here. This is like a, straight from a conversation we had recently because um, I was texting you last week. I was like, why, why am I producing so much lactic acid every time I swim? Yeah. You know, right. and you were sort of like, Hey, remember that you just started swimming seriously for the first time. And if we're being really honest, it, it could be decades um, in January. Do you expect that by July, like you're just going to be firing on all cylinders? And right. I was like, okay, yes. I mean, the, the thing is, and the thing is, if you're actually doing well, it can, and I am doing well, like it can trick your mind into thinking like, all, like, all go like everything's just going to be right. great from here on out. And then you run into these little things. I, I, I love what you say too, about the cumulative sort of effect of um, various changes. Cause you're going to talk a little bit about habit forming here in a second. And I think those two ideas fused together are like uh, definitely their own form of um, secret sauce. If I look back um and and uh, and I I have teased this several times, so maybe I actually will end up doing this. But um, if I do my like you know before and after fitness ad two years ago to now, first off, it's two years. All those stupid fitness ads, like for a supplement or for a workout program or something, they always show you like sixty days. Somebody did this, and I'm just like, that's total BS. Like expectation yep. setting. Like when you see. What like, and I think I did a lot of things right, took two years. Like that is more realistic in terms of a time frame where you want to actually see some significant change. It is years. Okay. It is not a, um, a, decades. a, a sh yeah, a short period of time. And by, um, and I don't want to step too much on your, your habit point, but, um, by getting like sort of linking one good habit change to another one, that's how you get to where you want over that long period of time, over that multi-year um, period of time. So maybe uh, I, since we're on a roll here, yeah. talk a little bit about some of the habit forming stuff and then I'll bring us home with my, uh, my final point. So uh, the brain has habits or the brain form ha forms habits in the first place to save energy. We yeah. are bombarded by I got kids, I got work, I got to drive, I got to get ready. And we don't have time to think about all these other things. So the brain automatizes 
a number of our habits so that we can get through the day and finish the day with enough energy in the brain. So when you make these changes, you are developing new neural circuits that go against the habits that we've already formed. Here's a quick analogy. You have a snow field, a, a hill, and your habits are you have a sled that goes down this perfectly iced out pathway down, and then you have steps that go back up to the top of the hill so you could slide down again, right? A new right. habit, you need to break trail, which is exhausting. And then when you get to the top of the hill, you can't go down the old pathway. You need to make a new pathway. And the first time you go down, you're barely moving. It's so annoying. But you do it again. And the, the new pathway on up is a little bit easier. And the new pathway down is a little bit faster. So when developing new habits, it is incredibly annoying. But I hope you keep at it so that one day a new habit is formed and then that new healthy habit is now part of your lifestyle. That's what your yeah. goal is, is to get to that new healthy habit. We're like, oh, um, I'm still eating this and I didn't even realize it. I just go to the grocery store. Right. I'm kind of on autopilot and look, I chose this healthy food or Hey, I did my 10 minute workout and I, I didn't even like, I didn't have to think about it. I just got down and did it. So that is the level that you're hoping to achieve is new habit forming patterns, which is you got to, again, be patient and go easy on yourself, but keep at it. The consistency, like you said, is what's really important. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot about habits and I, the thing I want to jump in to say is the, 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 the thing that people I think gives people and I know gives me a lot of trouble in habit forming is often the original motivation to change a habit comes from a place of negative emotion, right? So mm -hmm. something happens and you're just like, never again. I don't ever want to be in this situation again. I'm going to change tomorrow, right? Like starting tomorrow, we're going to form a new habit, right? To go in a different direction. And, and then you try to like lean into that to stay in and stay adherent to the new habit, it does not work. It, it'll get you started and that's it. That's all that's yeah. good for that negative yeah. emotion. Because after like step one, you actually need to visualize where it is you want to be or else you will not stay motivated to do it. Like you need to have an idea. You have to have a goal and be like at the end of this very annoying process, like something good will happen. Right. But you don't know <laughs> because, when that good will happen. Right. Exactly. But, but, but you, you have to be able to, um, I think visualize that piece of it because if you just stay in the never again mode, I think, um, that can be really destructive and actually destructive to your motivation over time. Um, and, and just sort of poison you, um, because you just, you're just like pushing on yourself and eventually your, your mind rebels against that and just goes, yeah, screw it does. this. What are you doing this Screw for? this. We're not adhering to this new habit anymore. I had this energy saving habit before. Why are you making me expend more energy that I don't yeah. really have? Yeah. yeah. And you have to get over that hump of discomfort. You could say that the starting process is the easy part. It's the right. continuation, the adherence is what the difficult part is. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you're I think you're totally right. And I, I think even to bring it back to something else you mentioned, the analogy with the bike seat and stuff, that if you think of the bike seat or the 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 drivetrain or whatever, like these are these are quick fixes. When 
there's all sorts of things you can do out there that um, will intervene above, you know, the just like thinking better mode, right? Um, you can, you can, you can get coaching, you can turn to um, some form of supplementation, you can, you know, buy new equipment, all this stuff. The point of that stuff is not to like fix, it's to give you momentum to make a change. It's mm. supposed to help you like, so yeah, you're right. It doesn't, um, buying a new seat, like doesn't really make any difference, but if you feel more motivated to train and you train 10% harder, you know, for, for uh, a month or two months, like, yeah, you'll see a difference based That's off a of springboard. that. Right. But it's, it's, it's all springboard and it's supposed to, some of that stuff it, I think can, can help you, um, go through that uncomfortable phase and just punch right through to the other side, right? Where, yeah, you have it in a place um, where it happens automatically and then you have the space to take on new habits, you know, and, and start chaining another thing onto it. And now you're talking about a reward system, rewarding yourself for progress made, which is a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast probably. That's a, that's a thing that I've thought a lot about as somebody with um, ADHD. And one of the things that people understand about, ADHD, right, is that is that uh, your brain has some trouble, like motivating you to do certain things, um, because it doesn't perceive like the the reward system in the right way, you actually have to be very purposeful, I think, in if you're built like that, about and intentional about the way that you set things up. And the good thing is that, like, for me, I know, when I've got habits locked in, it's almost impossible to get me off. So like, so it's harder, can be harder sometimes at the front end for me, but it's also easier for me to sustain, I think, um, than, than other people. So just knowing yourself and knowing, you know, where the, uh, hard points are for you and where the advantages to the way you're built are, um, I think has a, has a big role in that. And to bring it back to our early conversation, this is where your spouse or any partner or friend can help you get over that hump that you're talking about. That yeah, difficult point. Absolutely. And they're going to want to do it more if you're doing it for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Speaking of habits and routines, the last thing I wanted to discuss is just some some um, ideas and uh, strategies around another way in which you might find like if you've been really like in a real disciplined environment, real routine environment, <clears throat> and you've built all this stuff, you know, there's there's I think there is first off a motivation barrier for people because they go, yeah, well, I don't want to be like no fun. Right. I don't want to be like a unfun person who just is like slavishly devoted to the schedule. I want to go on vacation. I want to have fun every, you know, every now and then on a Friday or Saturday night, like I want to do this. Like, so I, I think there's a great conversation to be had about what to do um, in terms of, you know, when you just, when you disrupt that um, normal routine, and I'm thinking about it a lot because, like, I'm going to be in Denmark here in two and a half weeks, the annual DeSantis family uh, pilgrimage nice. to Denmark. And, but, like, that's going to disturb all the stuff that I have been doing here. Um, I, I don't know where I'm going to swim. I don't, uh, I think I might be able to figure out to um, lift weights, you know, like, and it's going to be a two week period. Um, and again, I go back to um, always having something you can do rather than focusing on what you 
cannot do, right? Um, go ahead. And that's the beauty of the minimum daily workout is you should be able, exactly. able to do it anywhere in the world. Yeah. And what I would say to people too is if you if you're really into um, a some kind of uh, you know workout routine, for instance, like I you know you talked we both talked about how we're pretty consistent swim swim swim. I've gone back to swimming three days a week ever since you know Coach Trevor told me that you need at least three days a week to improve. So, but if I look at a two week period where I might not be able to swim, one of the things um, is that having a two week period where I do something else actually could help me yeah. uh, with my swimming when I return. Right. Yeah. So um, it's not just a, it, I don't have to look at it as black or white and go, Oh, I can't swim. The world is over. Like it's ruined. Right. Um, I was thinking about actually starting to do some stuff on land. Cause I've got these great trails um, about and back the Danish house and, you know, I can run around. And then I went, I don't even need to do that because like, just walking and jogging a little bit. If I haven't prepared for it all, I can get a good workout so easily yeah. doing that yeah. stuff. If yeah. I don't, you know, like put all this effort into, and it's just something radically new um, for my body, I can actually really efficiently get a workout um, doing it. Uh, and, you know, I might be able to squeeze in a few things other than that, but also I'm going to have an active vacation. I'm going to be you know, hiking in the Faroe Islands. I'm going to be walking everywhere or all around Copenhagen with my family. And like, so who cares? Right. <laughs> you know, like yep. if, if your lifestyle, um, if you, if your lifestyle starts to come closer to your, um, routine and I, 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 uh, when I go out, for instance, to, um, for, for work travel now, one of the things I just put into my planning process is like, I'm going to figure out where I can, either go swim or get a lift in while I'm visiting whatever school. And like, luckily for me, like I go and visit athletic teams. So it's not too hard for that's somebody easy. on the ground there to help me get into a pool or get into a weight room. Like that's actually pretty easy. It's a pretty easy, um, uh, a lift, <laughs> no, no pun intended for the people huh. that are on the other end. So, you know, I think that, um, just looking for the opportunities in that break in routine, um, it can help you keep you in a positive mindset and keep you from getting into that black or white thinking where you're like, if I don't maintain my routine, you know, all, all is, all is over here in this situation. Right. I don't know if you yeah. have any stuff that you use as you travel and I mean, you just coming off club swimming, you had to have had some disruptions from that. How do you handle that stuff? Well, I got one more, I got only like five days left, but yeah. um, yeah, you know what? It's good to roll with the punches. You got to be flexible a little bit. Um, and it's actually good to disrupt your routine once in a while. That, like you said earlier, that is healthy. That is why we go on vacation um, right. to cause, um, because if you get too much in a routine, that could also be bad um, because yeah. the body does adapt and it's good to disrupt a routine once or twice a year for sure. So yeah, just know that, just know that it's, it's good to disrupt the routine. Well, uh, I think this has been another one. We've provided a lot of valuable information for people. I hope uh, I've been getting a lot of good feedback on this series, Trevor. So um, oh, I really appreciate you being willing to come 
and uh, do this with me. And I know a lot of the listeners really appreciate it too. Um, and I know Joel has appreciated it here as he's been a bit disrupted um, with his, his moving. Um, we got back on track with that last week as well. So um, it's been perfect timing for all of this. And I know you're going to be back. And um, this conversation, while not recorded, will continue on between you and I. I mean, we were just talking yesterday um, for a few minutes on on uh, training and goals and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess that's my long and rambling. Thank you. No, thank you very much. This has been really fun. And, uh, maybe we could do a yearly update or something. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to, uh, come back. And I, I, you know, we also have in the back of my mind, maybe, um, we just hinted at a, uh, career change for you there. So, um, maybe we want to give that its own discussion because I I've heard from some listeners that they want to hear about that as well. Um, but mm-hmm. that's just you know that's just another tease as we say here in the business. Um, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to uh, the Magic Five for sponsoring the Magic Five dot com slash swim brief. Um, get yourself you know a nice free pair, not free pair. <laughs> discounted pair of goggles. Here I am promising free goggles. Nobody, they're not getting free goggles. I'm going to leave that in the edit because I'm too lazy to edit it out. And um, I'll uh, talk to everybody again, I'm sure later in the week. Thanks, Chris.